Welcome to the first edition of the waiver episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Now, it's actually just me and my buddy Betts over here. and We're hanging out as a duo this evening in between the uh, the first and second half of the Lions and Jets game. Betts, how's that game looking for you? Oh, man, dude, it is looking quite ugly. Um, Sam Darnold got off to a very rough start, and the, the Lions offense cannot get anything going, uh, which everyone expected them to. So it's been... It's going to be kind of a boring game to watch, but we'll see what the second half brings. Yeah, so later tonight, there's actually one more game. Uh, we have the Ravers, <laughs> the Raiders playing against the uh, – I'm having a brain fart. Who are they playing? The Rams. The Rams. The Raiders are playing against the Rams tonight. So that's not going to be normal. You know, every week there's just one game on Monday, and this week there's two. So normally we'll be doing this show at halftime uh, on – during the Monday night games. So keep an ear out, uh, subscribe and listen up, get those waiver uh, pickups we're about to talk about here. We're going to we're gonna keep it really easy. We're going to just go position by position, talk about some guys that we think are intriguing pickups and, uh, yeah, someone who we think is worth rostering. So before we get going real quick, uh, we should point out that we'll probably be talking mostly about Fab Budget, which is free agent auction bucks. And so that's the amount of money you bid and, you know, it's blind bidding. And if you have the highest amount, you win. So it's important that, you know, you bid enough to win the guy, but not too much where you're emptying your bank account over the course of the season. We might also touch on rolling waivers a little bit. I know there are still quite a few leagues out there that are using those as well, uh, where you can hold the number one spot until a really nice shiny player pops up on the waiver wire and you can claim them before anyone else can. So we'll probably be mostly talking fab, but... Without further ado, let's jump into the running backs. We're going to talk about first bets. Uh, the first name on the list here is TJ Yeldon, and he's uh, kind of been intriguing this week because Leonard Fournette went down with an injury. What? How do you, how do you feel about this situation and Leonard Fournette's injury? Yeah, I think the thing that was uh, the nicest thing to see from the situation is just how clear it was that, that if Fournette does go down with an injury, uh, it's going to be Yeldon as the main guy. Yeldon, when uh, when he came in after Fournette went down with a hamstring injury, um, put up 14 rushes for 51 yards. Also caught uh, three balls for 18 yards and a touchdown. The thing that I like the most about kind of that whole situation is that he got seven targets uh, in the game. So I think even in very deep uh, PPR leagues, even if he's not going to be playing as a full full workload with Fournette in the lineup, he is going to get some passing down work. When Fournette goes out, which we know he's susceptible to do with these injuries, um, Yeldon's going to be the guy. So I like him a lot as a pickup this week. Yeah, I actually was already kind of keeping an eye on Yeldon this year for just his pass catching ability, and I think it was a role that could expand if this team uh, was looking to improve on last season, which I think was very possible. And uh, he was a guy that I, I definitely was interested in. So his ownership right now is at like nine percent, and I think I'd be willing to go up to around. 10, 10 would be like if I have a roster that's really hurting for running back right now. Uh, I, I don't think that number would be increased at all if you're a Leonard Fournette owner, but if you did lose a running back, I'm sure you're going to probably want to go out and get one. So you might have to cough up a little bit of dough uh, to get him. And I think even if Leonard Fournette isn't out that long, that he can provide some value in PPR formats. So... Yeah, for sure. And, and just to touch on that injury, too, they came out today saying the hamstring strain was minor. Oh, so okay. it's not expected that he's going to miss multiple weeks. But we do know how often those hamstring injuries can linger. And so uh, there's positive reports right now. But 
again, we know how susceptible those players are. So it could be a one-week or a two-week kind of injury or absence for Fournette, but I don't anticipate it being longer than that. Yeah. So next up on the list, we're going to talk about another running back in a situation where he's probably the second fiddle, and therefore the money isn't going to be that big. But Austin Eckler, man, does this guy just look good when he has the ball in his hands? Like, I've I've been touting him since last year and uh, when he was coming into the NFL, and I really like the kid. He's short, he's powerful, he's quick, and he's showing it out there. I mean, he had five rushes for 39 yards, and he also collected uh, five receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. So I think he's a guy that, even though he's second fiddle uh, to Melvin Gordon, who had himself a day as well, uh, that he's a, he could be a flex play in most formats. I think he's going to have touchdown upside almost every week. So uh, I'm, I'm near what I would pay for Yeldon. I would probably go about 8-9 on Eckler and feel pretty good about it, and I think that'd be enough to get him. How, how, how do you feel? Yeah, I think that'd probably be enough to get him. I'm willing to go a little bit more on him if I need a running back, especially in a PPR format. And the reason I say that is because when you look at what uh, the Chargers have done in the first game and, and how good that offense is, uh, the running backs combined between Gordon and Eckler got a total of 18 targets to the running back position. Wow. Um, which is crazy. Now, granted, this game was a shootout, so that kind of game script fell into that, but Philip Rivers is very willing to throw the ball to the running back position. So I agree. I think that despite the fact that Gordon is going to be a workhorse back, Eckler is still going to get some opportunity. Um, and in a good offense, he'll have opportunity to score for sure. Yeah, and so speaking of another small running back, uh, this one was a bit more of a surprise this week, and I feel like he's going to be a pretty hot waiver wire ad in a lot of leagues. And a lot of people probably had to go Google his name to find out who exactly he was because there weren't many people touting him. And I'm talking about Philip Lindsay, the running back for the Denver Broncos, who had a very strong day uh, playing, well, I'd say behind uh, Royce Freeman, but really they had the same amount of rushes for the same amount of yards. He, uh, I'll have to pull up the numbers real quick here. I think it was 17 for... Or they both seven. went uh, 15 rushes for 71 yards. That, 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 there it is. I was combining numbers. So, yeah, and then and then also he had a, a handful of receptions on top of that. So in, he actually outproduced Royce Freeman to a degree, and I don't know if that's going to be sustainable. So I'm, I'm a little lower on him than you are, it looks like. I'll drop a couple bucks to kind of dabble uh but I, I don't think i'm ready to commit to him but you you seem like you kind of like him tell me why yeah i mean just watching the guy he looked like he was shot out of a cannon uh i believe if i'm not uh, mistaken that he's an undrafted free agent is that correct yeah you know? that is that is correct so i mean there there is this kind of like concept that when these guys have one chance to take an opportunity and, and run with the job for lack of a better word uh he's given it all he got he's got and he look, looks great out there doing it uh, the thing that I like the most about the fact that he did get those 15 touches is the fact that Devontae Booker was definitely not even close to him in terms of being the number two on that team, which is ironic because all offseason, uh, the Broncos and, and Vance Joseph were saying that he was going to be the two. Uh, I definitely am with you that I'm a little weary if this is going to be a sustainable thing, but uh, I'm willing to take a shot on him for sure, and I like him a lot in deeper leagues. He's certainly intriguing, and I think he's worth trying to get on your roster or at least see if if that role continues. Uh, but my biggest hangup is he's five eight and a buck ninety. I mean, he's he's very small, and 
guys outside of Darren Sproles typically just do not tend to succeed at that level and, and play on a high amount of tar- uh, touches. So uh, if, if he keeps up this pace, then he's going to be a great pickup. But I am not confident in that uh, at this point in time. It's been one week, so I think he's a, a kind of wait-and-watch thing, and I don't want to commit too much money into that pot yet. But Yeah, for sure. And one thing that I'll just point out, too, that I touched on earlier, I wanted to pull up the numbers so we could give our listeners the exact numbers. Uh, Devontae Booker only got two carries in the game compared yeah. to the 30 combined for Lindsey and Freeman. Yeah, he's completely uh, buried in that depth chart right now. I don't see him being any issue. And we, we called this early in the offseason. So uh, oh, sure did. He, he is not very good at football, and it is it has come through and it has been shown. So let's move on to a couple of wide receivers. There's quite a few intriguing targets this week. None, none that really pop off the paper. There's maybe one here that I, I think I'm a big fan on, and I'll start with that one, and that's Geronimo Allison. He's you know, quote unquote, the third wide receiver on this team. But, you know, even though Aaron Rodgers got injured and then went back on the field and came back from 20 to zero to beat the Bears in typical Aaron Rodgers like fashion, uh, oh, he's what got a, a game. Yeah, it, that was a great game. It really was. I, as a Vikings fan, I was honestly hoping for the Packers to lose, but let's not go there. Um, but I think Geronimo Allison's worth picking up. And, and if he's not on your team already, uh, go get him. I think I'm going to spend at least $10 on him. If I'm light in the wide receiver category, if I have like a team where I stacked running backs to try and get, you know, breakouts, I'll I'll maybe go a little bit higher, like 12, 13 range. Uh, and that should be enough to get him right now. And I, I, I see this guy getting anywhere in the 60 to 70 target range this year. And I think that's enough with Rodgers throwing the ball to be very fantasy relevant. Yeah, I mean, you you nailed it there with the fact that he's got the best quarterback in the game who literally played on one leg last night and was just was incredible uh, throwing on the ball. So for sure, I'm with you. He's very intriguing, and I do like him a lot. Uh, and the thing that we'll, we'll have to point out, too, here is that both Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb have a, a long history of nagging injuries um, in their history. So mm-hmm. if either one of those guys goes down, I mean, Allison immediately slots in as the number two receiver at least and you could argue he profiles more as the Devontae Adams replacement uh, than Randall Cobb. So 100%. if anything would happen to those two guys, he is uh, a very, very intriguing play. Yeah, he got eight targets this first week, and that is that is plenty. That is plenty to be good in fantasy. So uh, did you Absolutely. did you say how much you'd spend on him? I would probably go up to about eight right now. Yeah. Uh, of course, dealing with a $100 budget. Um of course, this probably goes without saying, but maybe it doesn't for listeners, that as the season goes on, your willingness to spend will go up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still super early, so I'm going to go ahead and be a little more conservative with some of these guys. Yeah, there's there's no huge candidates for all-ins yet. You know, that's pretty obvious. But uh, There you know, will if, be eventually, if, for if sure. If you do have there rolling waivers, let's say you're sitting on a rolling waiver and you have the one right now, I say use it and, and get you know, get that out of the way, get a guy you think is interesting. Uh, you have a few weeks for it to build back up. Uh, so maybe you'll have, you know, an upper tier waiver by the time playoffs roll around, hopefully sooner. So don't be afraid to use your rolling waiver early in the season. Uh, it's a little different than fab in that, in that regard. Yep, for sure. But, uh, let's see, let's go on to another wide receiver here. We have on our list. Uh, let's talk about Tyler Lockett. 
I think that's definitely the most interesting because Doug Baldwin is now injured. Well, more injured. It's his other knee now, right? Yeah, unfortunately for Baldwin, uh, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's dealing with a grade 2 MCL sprain, which is on his right knee, not the knee he's been injured with all of preseason and training camp. So now he's dealing with one lingering uh, left knee injury and now a new right right knee injury. So uh, I say minimum two weeks based off of his injury that just happened this past weekend with a chance for it to be up to four weeks. So if he is out for that amount of time, uh, Lockett is in for a big boost in targets. Now, Betts, I'm no doctor. Do you need to have knees to play football? Uh, it is highly recommended. It's highly okay. That's what I thought. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, onto onto Tyler Lockett. I think we've kind of seen what we can see out of him. He's been in the league for a few years now. He's definitely not flashy in any regard. He's going to be a solid receiver in the place of Baldwin. Uh, and I think he's worth grabbing in, again, that like 8 to 10 range. If you are desperately in need of a wide receiver, you could probably go a couple bucks left if he's like a fill-in like wide receiver 5 on your team, something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I put down uh, for this that I would go 10. I just think that with how bad that defense is going to be, uh, Russell Wilson is going to be scrambling and making plays for that offense. And when that happens, that's actually when we see Tyler Lockett become the most relevant when he kind of breaks free on a big, long, long play down the field. So if that's going to be happening a lot and Baldwin isn't there, uh, I like Lockett just a little bit more than you. Yeah. And, and we should note that Brandon Marshall is on that team right now as well. I personally, I'm, I think he's kind of washed and I don't really have any interest in rostering him. I don't think he's going to be reliable enough to, to start ever so i'm out on brandon marshall personally i don't know if you feel the same yeah nope i totally agree uh he was intriguing he did have some red zone uh, opportunities and actually i have to pull I, it up but did he i called a, i thought it was a called back touchdown if i'm not mistaken nope, I, I, he got a three for 46 and a touchdown oh he did he did um, actually get the touchdown okay yeah and actually did lead the team in targets with with baldwin going down so um I, it would take a lot for me, for sure, to roster him. I agree with you that it's not going to be consistent enough for me to want to play him. And with the wide receiver position being so deep, there's, I guarantee you there's going to be a better option for you to play um, mm. in your lineup. So I agree. I'm not, not interested in Marshall at all. Yeah, let's go two quick hitting wide receivers here, and then we'll move on to tight ends. Uh, Philip Dorsett kind of struck me as an interesting name that popped up, considering that uh, Chris Hogan didn't really get a whole lot of usage in that first Patriots game, and Dorsett did. Um, he ended up with a final stat line of uh, seven receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown uh, on seven targets. So he caught all of his targets, and he was the leading receiver on the team this week. So he's worth a speculative ad. I think we were all kind of wondering who was going to fill in the void of – um, I don't know, just in general. I mean, Cook's leaving and Edelman suspended and uh, all this other stuff happening. We're just kind of curious about it. So Dorsett is intriguing, and I think Hogan's going to be okay, but I'd add him if uh, if I had a couple bucks laying around. Yeah, I'm with you. And we both put here kind of for what we would spend. Um, we just we put down you know three for you and, and two for me in a $100 budget. So we're both kind of like, eh, if we got a couple bucks, why not? Uh, he's intriguing, but the thing that I think we need to also remember is, of course, Edelman is out for these four weeks. So the real question is, will this stick and actually be a thing, or is it 
just the fact that Edelman's out. And then when Edelman gets back after the first four games, he kind of slides back into his usual role. So uh, it's an intriguing ad for sure. I'm not getting too excited until we kind of see what develops over the next few weeks. And I tell you what, if I did get Dorsett on my roster, I would almost immediately start sending out trades with him involved, um, try and get any value on just like a random waiver pickup. So uh, yeah, for always, sure. I don't always think something it's a bad idea trying. at all. Yeah. Uh, one last wide receiver real quick. He's actually playing right now, so his stat line is not going to be solidified. But Quincy Inunua, uh has been getting peppered with targets so far from Sam Darnold. Uh, playing out of the slot, you know, Jermaine Kearse is is hurt right now. So I think that that could play into that. But I think Anunua is due for a heavy role this entire season. Yeah, and he's had a, a good couple of years before he went down last year with a neck injury. Um, and actually he had a pretty nasty injury where he had to have surgery because of a disc injury that he had which can affect the nerves so uh he, he's back and he's looking good he's looking healthy uh you did touch on the Jermaine curse injury so i'll just mention that briefly uh curse had an abdominal a core muscle injury which basically is a junk term that can mean any number of things mm-hmm. my best guess and from what i've heard is that it's due to a hernia so uh the timetable for that to return actually isn't too long and he could be back as early as next week but you mentioned uh, his stat line, and I'll just go ahead and pull it up here for what he has so far. Uh, the game is just beginning in the second half, and he's got eight targets so far. So his whole entire target share came in one half, uh, five for 42. So he's getting peppered out of the slot. I do like him as an ad this week a lot. Yeah, great PPR value there. All right, and a uh, couple more before we close out this show. We have some actually a couple of big tight ends to talk about here, uh, and I'm kind of excited about one of them in particular. Janu Smith is an intriguing name to me because of the Delaney Walker injury. And uh, could you talk about that maybe for a second? Yeah, for sure. It was a brutal injury to watch. Uh, really unfortunate for Delaney Walker, who was kind of getting trailed by a defender. And when he got tackled, the defender rolled on top of the outside of his leg and caused his ankle to buckle um, in the wrong direction. Uh, and it actually was a fracture of the fibula, which is the bone of the outside of the lower leg, and then a dislocation of the ankle which involves a high degree of ligament tear and injury. Um, And just for reference, it's similar to the injury that Odell Beckham suffered last year and then Marcus Mariota two years ago. So it's the same type of injury. Um, He should be okay to come back next season, uh, but his season is over. He's going to undergo surgery, and he'll be done uh, for the entire year. Yeah, and uh, that's a bummer because Delaney Walker is one of the best tight ends in the league, and you know he's starting to get up there in age, and... They actually got Jonu Smith a a year or two ago, and he's been a very deep sleeping like dynasty type of guy that people have been keeping an eye on for a while. So it'll be interesting to see him get a target share in an offense that is known for feeding that tight end. Now, this tight end was Delaney Walker, so he's worth feeding. We'll find out if Jonu Smith can fill that void. I personally am ready to go uh, up to around 16 to 18% of my fab especially if it's a roster where I am streaming a tight end. If I have a you know a real late-round tight end that I drafted, I'll cut him immediately and go with Jonu Smith, uh, try and fill that void and get me an every-week starter. Yeah, for sure, and that's a play I'm actually going to be making in a few leagues this week. I owned a lot of Delaney Walker this year, so this is a tough one for me personally. Uh, I like Jonu Smith. He's an interesting guy, and like you mentioned, in Dynasty – formats people have been excited about this guy for a while so we're gonna get the chance to see if he is the real deal um like you mentioned in an offense that historically targets the tight end a lot 
outside of you know Delaney Walker, Corey Davis, and then Rashard Matthews, there isn't much in the passing game. So I think his opportunity is going to be there. Um, I like him a lot. I'm willing to spend about 12% of my fab uh, this week to go get him. Yeah, I, and you know I said 16, 18. Like I said, it's it's very roster dependent. If I have a top five tight end, I'll probably roll it back a little bit as well, similar to what you're saying, maybe even less. So uh, definitely be reactive in that sense. But let's move on sure. to yep. yeah, sorry. Let's move on to the other tight end we have on the list here. And now this guy was like a sleeper in drafts but he's still pretty low owned. I'll get the number here in a second, but George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers uh, open up with a pretty strong week against my Minnesota Vikings. He's currently 37% owned and he had nine targets for five receptions and 90 yards and probably could have had a buck 20 on the day. If uh, things had gone correctly with Jimmy Garoppolo being on the same page and maybe playing against the lighter defense. So uh, I love George Kittle. If if I didn't draft him and I did in a couple spots, I'm going to go get him right now if he's on the waiver wires. Yeah, absolutely. He is, and I think you'll probably agree with this, he is the top ad this week, um, probably across all positions, especially if you don't have one of those top five or six tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm willing to give up about 20% of my fab to go get him. Um, and I agree, if he's on your waiver wire, go snag him right now. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same range, eighteen to twenty. I think is solid. I I just I we talked about being conservative early in the year, so I don't want to go too crazy. And I think that uh, trying to dial in exactly where people will value him will be interesting. So um, he's going to be a big ad this week because he had ninety yards. But boy, I think he's capable of a lot more than that uh, as the weeks go on. So it'll be really fun to watch this team. Uh, the Forty ers are very intriguing, and yeah, I want him. Yeah, for sure. And Kemp, before we move on, I just got to give you an update. Uh, Quincy Anuma, who we just talked about a couple minutes ago, oh. just caught a 21-yard touchdown grab there from we go. Sam Arnold. So All right. Even more reason to like him this week. Let me just turn up my amount of fab here real quick. No. Um, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, seriously, that. though, if, I'll probably go up to about 5 bucks on him. No, definitely. Maybe even more. I'll think about it. But uh, before we wrap up the show, I this is – my musing, my intriguing uh, ad of the week, but if the Bears defense is on your waiver wire, go get them. Uh, you might only have to spend like two, three bucks just to outbid people trying to sneak them, and they definitely will try and sneak them. But they looked really good against the Packers uh, in the first half of that game, and I think that Khalil Mack might need a little bit more time to adjust to everything, and they're going to get their rookies involved more and more. So... I'm very excited to watch them as their season goes on. And they actually have a good schedule coming up. I'll pull it up here. But tell, tell me what you think about the Bears. Yeah, I've actually got it pulled up right now, Ken. So I'll just go ahead and read it off. Yeah. Um, they've got the Seahawks next week at home. They've got the Cardinals the week after on the road. They play the Buccaneers the week after that at home. And then they play the Dolphins on the road. Well, that's um, after so the bye week. So they have the bye week in week five. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So that's a, a good string of games there that they can be played, and, and I like them as a streaming option. They did look good last night, um, especially with Khalil Mack. My goodness. Oof. John Gruden's got to be kicking himself. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Uh, they're going to say that the first-round picks are worth it, and they'll get their guys, but, boy, I don't know how you think that that's worth more than Mack, to be perfectly honest. He just yeah, looks so good. they've got so a good, good, solid defense, and they – 
they did look aggressive enough to create turnovers, which, as we know, in, in fantasy is is key. So uh, I do like them a lot, and I'll probably be trying to pick them up in a few leagues. Awesome. All right, bets. Well, that's all we have for today's waiver show. Thank you for all that. Some awesome information out there. Absolutely, man. We, uh, we're off and running here. First waiver show of the season. Yep, and then we'll be recording our main show on Wednesday night. Hopefully get that out Thursday morning for you so you can get all your information uh, before lineups lock, you know, your Thursday night game. We'll get you a little preview action of all the NFL stuff going around the league. So uh, thank you, guys, and we'll see you again Wednesday. We are the Red Shirts.